that, Ben Dixon's going to be preaching. Redeem's going to be singing. We're looking for VBS teachers uh, as well. If you can help out, please make sure that you see Brian or April. They sure would appreciate that. And then on July the 2nd, a little bit different, kind of go into that holiday schedule for that weekend so that there'll be a combined service at 1030, no evening service, picnic, all of that good stuff. So remember all of those different things there. Work night tomorrow night at the Fellowship Campground, whenever you can get there. That's when they want you there. So they're going to be cleaning up everything so that we can have that first night over there. So remember that as well. All right, Brother Ronnie, would you ask a blessing on the offering? Turn to page 81. Stand with me.
this evening to have uh, the Nottingham Four with us. And uh, like I said this morning, they've got a member, and uh, we're looking forward to them. What a blessing that they've been to us for so very long. And uh, you guys come around and sing for us this, this evening. Well, it is good to see you tonight, and glad that we can be here, and it's good to see that Ronnie Blankenbeckler could make it back to church on Sunday night. Just appreciate him coming. You know, uh, he's always giving me a hard time about not being here, and uh, everywhere I go, I tell him about a little smart aleck usher at our church that hands me a visitor's card or... Now, the new thing today was that I needed to catch up on my back ties because I hadn't been here. <laughs> I send them by Patty. So <laughs> See, he doesn't even know that, but uh, one of these days he's going to grow up and be somebody. <laughs> Ronnie, I love you, buddy, but you need to comb your hair, okay? So it's just good to be here tonight you pray for us this this feller on the end he's no stranger to you and uh derek's been singing with us uh the month of may right april middle of april boy i knew it'd been a long time but <laughs> and this guy next to me he's he's just not right in the head that's all there is to it we go places to sing and people just look at him and shake their head but uh we're enjoying singing and praising the Lord, and the Lord's opening the doors and thankful for the privilege to sing. I don't know what Ronnie's got picked out, but uh, uh, we're, we're just going to sing tonight. He don't know either yet. <laughs>
Derek's going to do a song for you that uh, uh, I love the words to this song. And it says, we have God to thank. And uh, I have a whole lot to thank God for. But on this Father's Day, I want to thank the Lord that he blessed me with a dad that loved the Lord and took us to the house of God and taught us how to love our wives because we saw that example with him, with mom. And they taught us the work, the ethic of working. And uh, uh, he taught us just to be the men of God that we should be. And I thank the Lord for dad and for mom. But on this Father's Day, I just thank the Lord that he's allowed dad to be here with us and just for every privilege of every day that we have. And so I pray to bless your heart as Derek sings, I have God to thank. just a fun song never thought we'd be able to record it and uh, uh, we're having more fun with it every time we sing it I think and uh, uh, this, the song the Lord gave me about two and a half three years ago I drove these guys crazy and we had no way of practicing it 
And when we went to record, David Johnson put it all together with the music. And uh, I hope you enjoy it because we love singing it. I'm glad our God's an on-time God. Amen. And one day when the trumpet sounds, we're going to be on time. This is an old, old song, but we sang this last Sunday night. And ask how many had heard this song. And what was it? One person raised their hand? Do I know it? No, you don't know it, but we're going to sing it anyway. <laughs> Someday when I travel my life. 
heard that song before? Just a few of you. I tell you, I must really be old. <laughs> Let Trent sing, just preach. Or you got one on your mind? I do, but I, um, I'm thankful this evening to be with you folks. I'm thankful that I get a chance to stand and sing with my youth pastor. I don't know if you all knew that or not. <laughs> but since he said something about being old, I might as well throw that in there. Amen. I want to do amazing God, if that's all right. God's been amazing to me. I tell you, when I think about coming back to this piece of property, how amazing God has been to me in my life. I got saved back here on that ball field. I'm 43 now, and that was when I was 15, so it was about 30 years ago. Jewel and I are celebrating 24 years of our marriage, and we got married over there somewhere around the baby changing table. I don't know where that is now, but the old sanctuary. And uh, this place has a lot of meaning to me. You all may not know this, but about 20 years ago, we tried doing this before, if you remember correctly. 
I tried out singing with these fellows, and it wasn't God's timing. God had something bigger in mind for me. He allowed me to travel all over the world with the Mercy Project for 11 years. And I thank God for Pastor Gary and his opportunity to give me for that and my family. But if it wasn't God's timing, he, if I could just take you down memory lane, all the amazing things God has done for me in my life, I can't help but to praise his holy name. Amen. To think that he's taken old sinners such as I, an old truck driver saved by God's amazing grace and allowed me to travel all over the world and, and just make myself available to, me, to him. And that's all he asked us to do, amen. amen? Just make ourselves available to him. And he takes care of the rest, praise God. Amen. He's been an amazing God. He's blessed us with two wonderful children. Doctors said they may come, may, may not come, but there's a chance that it just wouldn't happen. But God saw a different way. He's been amazing to me. If God's been amazing to you, say amen and praise his name this evening. I pray this song's a blessing to you as we try to sing Amazing God. Think about all the times he's come through for you in your life.
do this song tonight. I'm thankful that my dad is still here, but there's a lot of you tonight who can't say that your father's still here with you on this earth. We want to sing this and just dedicate it to you all tonight. Heaven just got sweet.
My name's been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I know it's been a long day, a hard day for a lot of you, and a lot going on, and so I'm going to do my very best to be short, be like Ronnie Blankenbeckler, and, uh, and I'll be in a hurry here. And so uh, I want you to, now, where I'm going to preach tonight, it's Brother Gary's fault. He's been preaching in the Book of Isaiah, and uh, the other night, I think it was two Sunday nights ago because uh, last Sunday we were out singing. And uh, oh, by the way, did you enjoy Derek tonight? I tell you, did you did you hear a hint of Jimmy Rowland there? Yeah, that's what everybody's telling us wherever we go. And uh, uh, isn't it pretty fitting that uh, uh, March the quartet finished 49 years and in the 50th year. Uh, the son of the original tenor uh, singer comes back to pl uh, to sing with us, and so uh, it's, it's just good having Derek with us. And and uh, he's he's sending me all kinds of songs. What do you think about this one? What do you think about that one? I don't have time to think, let alone figure out a new song. But we're we are getting ready to learn some new songs, and we were talking about when we would practice this week. And I said, well, you know, we're singing Tuesday night. I want to encourage you to come down to. 
the tent revival down at State Line. They'll be having their tent revival all week. And then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we'll be gone all weekend singing. And uh, this is uh, a little bit unusual for us. And we were trying to figure out what in the world we'd do all day Saturday. I said, well, let's go golfing. That's the only good thing to do when you're traveling and you got all day. So I don't know. Trent's never been golfing before. And I don't know if I want to get hit by him with a golf ball. So uh, Ronnie's hit me already. And uh, so uh, I'm, I'm, I can't move as quick now. So may not be able to uh, dodge them. But anyway, Brother Gary... Uh, was preaching on a book of Isaiah a couple uh, Sunday nights ago, and he was talking about chapter 39 in the book of Isaiah, and some time ago, the Lord had given me a message out of this chapter, and I, I'm not going to certainly try to uh, build on anything that Brother Gary uh, preached, because I certainly couldn't do that, but I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 39, and, and uh, Brother Gary just, he didn't want to go on, but he did. He wanted to stay there in that chapter, and uh, so I'm going to mess up what he wanted to say, all right, because I just feel impressed to be there tonight, and not very often do I ever preach a message over that these guys have heard where I have preached it out somewhere, but they were probably sleeping and not paying attention anyway. So uh, Isaiah chapter 39, if you'd stand please in honor of the word of God. And here in this passage, in chapter 39, verse 1, it says, And at that time, Merodach Baladon, the son of Baladon, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he had heard that he had been sick and was recovered. Now Hezekiah was glad of them and showed them the house of his precious things, the silver and the gold and the spices and the precious ointment, and all the house of his armor and all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house, nor in all his dominion, that Hezekiah showed them not. Then came Isaiah the prophet unto king Hezekiah, and said unto him, What said these men? And from whence came they unto thee? And Hezekiah said, They are come from a far country unto me, even from Babylon. And then said he, What have they seen in thine house? And Hezekiah answered it, all that is in mine house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not showed them. Then said Isaiah to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house and that which is thy fathers have laid up in store until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then said Hezekiah to Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. He said, Moreover, for there shall be peace and truth in my days. I'd like to preach to you for just a little bit on our selfish self our selfish self. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time that we can be in your house. Thank you, Lord, for this special day that we can celebrate. And Lord, how I pray that uh, you would just take the word of God today, uh, this evening, and speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would use it to uh, encourage your children. Uh, Lord, maybe to direct someone in a path, Lord, that uh, they have not been on. 
And Lord, whatever is needed here tonight, I can't pretend to know what is needed, but Father, you know. So Lord, I ask you to move as only you can and speak to hearts. Lord, if there's one here lost and undone without you, I pray that today might be that glad day of salvation for them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. You know, Hezekiah, King Hezekiah is mentioned a lot in the Old Testament. Uh, we have a lot recorded about him. And uh, he's mentioned in 2 Kings chapter 18. He's mentioned in 2 Chronicles chapter uh, 32 and in that area there. But in 2 Kings chapter 18, we find that Hezekiah is 25 years old when he begins to reign. Now, when Hezekiah came on the scene, his father before him certainly did not set any example for him. Uh, matter of fact, if you go back and look in uh, 2 Kings, you'll find that his father Ahaz was one of the kings that it denotes that he did not that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. I don't know about you, but when I'm reading in the Old Testament, and I read through and I see where it says, and so-and-so did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. It blesses my heart. But when I read that where it says, and they did not that which was right, man, it, it's sad to me. Here, the God of Israel, the God of all gods, has chosen the Jewish people to be his people and all that he did for them in bringing them out of uh, bondage and, and uh, giving them a nation, but yet still they turned their backs on him. Matter of fact, if you read about Ahaz, he made his children to pass through the fire. And no doubt some of his children even died in the fire. And Hezekiah was one that either he went through the fire or he didn't have to, but if he went through the fire, he made it out alive. Boy, that's a scary thought, isn't it? That there would be a dad that would hate his children enough that he would uh, want to uh, sacrifice them to some unknown God. But just how uh, crazy that thought is. But then we see that if you read about Hezekiah, you're going to find that he comes on the scene and he restores proper worship. Uh, he restores, uh, if you look in uh, uh, 2 Kings chapter uh, 18, you're going to find that he, re uh, he removes the idol worship. He restores proper worship. And the Bible says that he clave unto the Lord and departed not from following the Lord. If you read in 2 Chronicles about Hezekiah, you're going to find that he was changing the course of rivers long before the Army Corps of Engineers ever did anything like that. And he had a lot of things that he could uh, uh, account to his credit. And so that gives you a little bit of idea about uh, Hezekiah. Well, first of all, I want you to see the pretending invaders. Because in chapter 39, when you begin to look at uh, this first verse, and it talks about Merodach Baladon, what a, what a name, all right? Well, that name alone means bitter contrition without judgment, exhibiting intense animosity. And so here's a man that he's a king, and he sends a gift to Hezekiah. And, you know, it's a glad you're better gift. Well, makes you really wonder, was it a glad you're better gift? Because here's a man that's got animosity and everything else. And so, uh, well, the Bible teaches us in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 7, that surely oppression maketh a wise man mad, but a gift 
and a gift destroyeth the heart. And so uh, how many politicians have you known that uh, they got caught taking gifts and, uh, and they were voting the way of the person that gave them a gift and all of that and, you know, get caught doing that kind of stuff? Well, here a gift is given to, uh, to Hezekiah. And here's the king, Merodach Baladon, that he is, a, uh, he is a worshiper of Baal. But Hezekiah is enthralled with these men coming, these pretending invaders. They're pretending to be concerned about his health and everything like that. And so they come, they bring a gift. And you know, isn't it amazing how the enemy uh, can make himself look like a loving caring individual, how the enemy can come in. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 to try the spirits and to know of what sort they are. Young people today, you might think that uh, somebody is your best buddy, but yet if you don't know that they have truly been born again and, and that they truly have the same uh, intentions and thoughts and direction in life that you have, you can be sorely amazed at the path they will lead you down the wrong way. There's a lot of invaders out there that are pretending to be good people, to be on your side. Any of you ever had a friend that you thought that was a friend, and the next thing you know, they were stabbing you in the back, and, and they, were, they were harming you? Happened to me not long ago. And I want to tell you, it doesn't feel good. It makes you a little bit on the mad side. And, you know, in the name of Jesus, you want, well, never mind that part of it. But, you know, uh, those pretending invaders in your life, they come at you. And, and before you know it, things are turned around. But Hezekiah did not have a clue. He did not know what was going on. But then there are those that when we look at Hezekiah, uh, maybe proud Hezekiah is what we should look at secondly because Hezekiah, and Brother Gary covered this the other night about how that Hezekiah had been granted 15 more years. And, you know, if at the, you come to the end of your life and the Lord says, I'm going to give you 15 more years, wouldn't you want to do something good with it? Wouldn't you want to serve the Lord? Wouldn't you want to be thankful for what he has done? But Hezekiah, we find here that, uh, and there are many uh, uh, writers that believe that when Hezekiah was told by Isaiah that he was going to die, and he began to pray that it was a prayer of repentance because of his pride. I don't know. I wasn't there. I can't tell you whether it's so or not. But I told you about all the great things that Hezekiah had done. And it would sort of be easy to get lifted up in your pride and, and think, yeah, man, look at this. I did this. I did that. I restored the proper worship, got rid of those false idols, and we cut down the groves. We did these things for the Lord. You know, it, it's easy to, you know, blow your own horn sometimes. It's easy to think about, well, I did this, I did that. But that's not what we should do. We should be thinking about what God has allowed us to do, how God has given us the opportunity to serve him. And here in this passage, we see that Hezekiah, uh, uh, you know, could have easily been lifted up in his pride. He asked the Lord to remember how he had walked before him and the good things that he had done. So I don't know if it was a prayer of repentance over pride. But God hears his prayer and allows him 
15 more years. But before that, he told him to set your house in order because you're going to die. You're not going to live. Man, what a, what a thought that would be, that God would come to us in, uh, in a dream or whatever tonight and say, tomorrow is your last day. Set your house in order. Man, what a sobering thought to think that God came to him and, sp or, and spoke to Isaiah, but sent him to him and said, set your house in order. You're going to die. You know, we're not promised of tomorrow. We're not promised that we will have 10 minutes from now. And so we need to make sure our house is in order. Whatever it might be, pride, whatever it might be, God is speaking to our hearts and trying to make us and draw us to where we need to be with him. But then I see the pronouncement of demise. If you look at this passage, Isaiah comes to Hezekiah and he says to him, he says, uh-oh, who are these men? Where are they from? And so Hezekiah begins to tell him, you know, with great joy in his heart, that, well, they came all the way from Babylon. They brought me a gift. And, and they came wishing that I am much better and so glad that I am well. Then Isaiah asked the question, what have they seen? And Hezekiah, still yet without a clue, says, well, they've seen it all. They've seen all of our riches, all of the wealth of the land. They've seen all of, my, uh, all of the army ability that we have and all of our weapons of war. And so Isaiah has to say to him in verse 9, or in verse 6, 5, I'm sorry. Then said Isaiah to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord of hosts. How many of us can say that we hear the word of the Lord? When he's speaking to our heart, when he's moving upon us, James says, be not only a hearer, but a doer of the word. And so if we hear, but we don't do, then we are not obedient to what God is saying to us. Here in this passage, Isaiah says, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house and that which thy fathers had laid up in store until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. You know, I think about inheritance. And there are people that we have known that their fathers have made millions and they've passed the business down to uh, their children. And the children did absolutely nothing with it, just spent the money and, and, and the business was lost and everything like that. We all know cases like that. Or someone that uh, had a lot of money and just gave it to their children and their children never saw the need to work or to do anything. Well, you know, that, that's a sad thought. I mean, dad has worked all of his life and he... Uh, passed down to us boys some things in this life. He passed down a, a lot of good traits, a lot of things that we learned from him. Matter of fact, years ago, uh, we were Tracy and I were working on a house, and we were putting siding on it, putting windows in it, and things like that. And somebody said to me, they said, how do you know how to do this? 
you, you, you work on vehicles and, and you're out there doing carpenter work. How do you know how to do it? I said, that's simple, Dad. Because Dad taught us how to do those things. But if Dad had taught me how to do those things and I had never used those things, what a waste it would have been. Years ago, Jason and I were building a pole barn. And uh, I guess I didn't lay it out too square. And so when we'd measure it, we'd be putting uh, a piece of sheeting on or something like that. Jason would look at me and he'd say, Dad, it's just a barn. I'd look at him and I'd say, you're right, it's just a barn. And so we learned a lot of things about building that on that shed, didn't we, Jason? And so I'm, I'm glad that uh, he should have gone and let dad teach him, not let me teach him. But anyway, we had a lot of fun building that barn. It's still standing today, all right, and, and it, it's still not leaking, and so uh, uh, we did something right. But anyway, we find that what was passed down to Hezekiah, all that his fathers had laid up in store, Isaiah says to him, it's going to be gone. And if I thought that what dad had passed down to me and I would not be able to pass it on down to my children that I had wasted it what a what a terrible thought that that is and so we see that uh, Isaiah goes on to say in verse 7 uh, he tells him uh, that his sons are going to be, be carried away into Babylon they're going to be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon and Hezekiah hears all these things. And, you know, the Bible says that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And so we see that the pronouncement of demise for Hezekiah, he doesn't, it doesn't really seem to phase him. But then there's a peculiar response. And Brother Gary talked about this uh, a couple of Sunday nights ago. You know, I've read through... The book of Isaiah, I can't tell you how many times in reading through the Bible. And every time that I read through this passage of Scripture, there's just something that makes the hair on my neck stand up. Because it just, it, it's, the response is so crazy, it's just unbelievable. Then said Hezekiah to Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. And nobody can argue with that statement because the word of the Lord is good all the time, is it not? The word of the Lord is true, it's righteous, it's holy. The word of the Lord. But when I look at this passage of what has just been said to Hezekiah of all that's going to take place, and then he says, for he said moreover, for there shall be peace and truth in my days. Yes, it's good, the word of the Lord. But in this particular case, it's not good to hear. And when I think about how that he seemed to care nothing about what was going to happen to his sons or his children or to all that had been given to him, passed down from his uh, father and forefathers, and he cares nothing about that place that God has given them and, and how that they were going to be carried away captive, how could a man be so selfish? 
How could a father be so selfish as not to break down and begin to weep and to be concerned about his children, about his homeland, about what had been given him from his fathers? It just amazes me. He had just heard what was coming. And he's so selfish that he says, well, there's going to be peace and truth. In my days, how much truth was there really? How much truth was he really understanding? Because all he could see was, going to be good for me. Who cares about the days to come? If there's anything I know in my heart, I want to finish well. If there's anything that I do not want to leave behind is a testimony that he made it so far serving the Lord and then just gave up. I've never been a perfect dad. I know that. I know the times that have failed. I remember them well. But you know what? I don't want to give up. I don't want to. Derek was in my youth group, Mike, Andrea. So many of them around here were in the youth group. And I don't want them to say we, we watched him as an example. Then he let us down. I want to ask you tonight, are we so selfish? Are you so selfish that all of your wants, what do you want to do in life, the things that you want to be involved in are taken away from serving God and, and having your family where they need to be with the Lord. Terrible thought, isn't it? That we could be that selfish. That Hezekiah could be that selfish. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I don't know that we're even going to sing tonight, but I want Derek to play. I don't know how the Lord's speaking to your heart. Maybe there's a burden on your heart for your family tonight. Maybe there's a burden on your heart because you know God's been dealing with you over some things. If you've got a son or a daughter that you want them to see Christ in you. And you need to be at this altar tonight just asking him for wisdom, for direction. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. If God's moving on your heart tonight and you need to be at this altar. Won't you just get out of your seat right now and come? God's moving, speaking to you. Will you come while we wait for just a few minutes? I'm not going to hold the invitation long, but if God's dealing with your heart, will you step out right now?
got a loved one that you need to be praying for tonight? Bring them to the Lord here at this old-fashioned altar. I'm going to let Mike continue the invitation as he sees fit. Mind the Lord tonight. When I see the sunrise in the morning 